Aleluia, aleluia, aleluia Aleluia Amen, praise the Lord everybody It's good to be in the house of God and to feel His presence, isn't it? Amen, turn to a few people around you Tell them it's, it's good to be in the house of God It's good to be in the house of God Before, before we get into the word today, our pastor is, is out of town, and um, I know that you'll be prayerful for him. He's preaching right now, and, um, and uh, thankful for our pastor, amen. And, uh, but I would, I would like for us to um, pray. Um, many of you know Sister Echo Southall. She She's, uh, right now, she's, she's in the hospital. She's, she's uh, having some complications right now. She has a, uh, a blockage from a kidney stone. She's, she has infection and she's septic. And uh, they have her on strong IVs and she's in a lot of pain right now. And um, we believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We're gonna cover, we're gonna cover her in prayer and we're gonna pray for our pastor, amen. Uh, pastor Nehemiah, would you come? I just want us to bind together here for a moment. This is the body of Christ. Amen. We pray for one another. Can you say amen to that? Let's pray together. God, in Jesus' name, we come to you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, the Bible says by your word, Lord God, in Jesus' name, you sent your word and healed. And right now, we pray for Sister Echo right now in Jesus' name. We pray for her healing. We bind this infection in Jesus' name. By the power of the name Jesus, by the authority of the word of Almighty God, we say be healed. In Jesus' name, raise up out of that bed. In Jesus' name, we plead your blood over her right now. We pray for our pastor, Lord. We pray that you would strengthen his heart. We pray that you would use him in the Holy Ghost and bless him to be refreshed in his spirit and in his mind and in his body, oh God, in Jesus' name. Keep him safe as he travels, Lord God. We thank you for the man of God. We thank you for the spiritual covering, Lord God. In Jesus' name, thank you for this day and bless the rest of this service, oh God, we ask. Everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You're expecting God to do something today. Would you clap your hands? Come on, let's clap a little louder and add our voice to that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. Acts chapter 28. I will start in just a moment with verse 1. It's fall, everybody. Amens, oh my's. When you got a little extra weight on like me, you're happy for anything cooler than summer. Amen. Amen. It's fall. It's a great time of year. And uh, don't leave me hanging up here. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> Acts 28, and ver are you ready for the word of God today? Amen. And when they were escaped, when they 
You know you would have made that joke as well. I mean, come on. You're up here, you're nervous, just trying to get through. You, you know, you need something. You know you'd have done it. And now I'm going to read. When they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. They were, they were very kind, in other words. For they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. I want to preach to you something the Lord spoke to me, dealt with me about on Monday of this past week. And um, that is this, don't bite a believer. Don't bite a believer. Let's lift our hands and let's ask the Lord to speak to us. God, we love you. Come on, would you help me pray right now, Lord? name and everybody said amen god bless you you may be seated don't bite a believer in acts 27 28 you will find paul on a journey from caesarea to rome everybody say caesarea to rome and in the earlier chapters of Acts, around chapter 23, the Lord calls Paul to, I know that you're preaching here, but I've, I've sent you, I want to send you to Rome. You're going to preach to those that are at Rome also. And Paul obeys this command, and you find him as a prisoner on the, on the ship uh, headed toward Rome. Probably not the way he imagined going to the will of God. He probably didn't imagine when the Lord spoke to him in Acts 23 when he said, you're going to preach the gospel in Rome. I would imagine that Paul had a different view of what that would look like, what that travel would look like. Pastor Milik, it reminds me of the time you and I and Pastor were headed to Houston and we got on the plane and this arena football league team, this professional arena football league team came on the plane and I was in the middle seat and there was a lineman to my left, left, and a lineman to my right. You want to talk about a not ideal travel situation. Just, just not ideal. And Paul, Paul's trip to, to Rome was, was far from, from, that was a true story, by the way. It really was a couple of linemen. No, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> No, well, I didn't even try. It was good. It's just flowing. But Paul's journey was, was treacherous. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And you'll find that they, they leave Caesarea and they get on this ship. And the Bible says the storm comes. And, and the storm got so bad that the ship was just free-floating for two weeks. For two weeks that that ship just wherever the wind and the waves took it, that, that ship had to go. And you'll find that, that the story goes on and, 
and it talks about uh, it talks about this journey that 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 Paul was going on. But you'll find that within this story that Paul ends up on the island of Melita. The the storm got so bad that the the, the ship falls apart and breaks into pieces and here Paul is floating on a piece of the ship headed into the island. It looks like, it looks like all of this chaos is going on and, and there is chaos going on, but it, it looks like there's, there, there, all is lost, that, that there's no hope to be had. It looks like Paul has come close to the end of his life. He was cold. The Bible says it was winter time and it was cold and it was raining and windy and just all of this adversity around him. You know, the, the scripture tells us, if, if you would study this out, that, that the journey from Caesarea to Rome was 790 miles by boat. That's a long ways. In that storm, however, when Paul and company end up on the island of Melita, by free floating, there no no sailing, no directions, just just wherever the storm takes you. Paul ended up on the island of Melita, which was 430 miles away from Caesarea, and that much closer to Rome. The storm did not take him away, further away from his destination, but the storm brought him closer to his destination. Do I have somebody in here that's going to preach with me today? I'm going to tell you right now, we we endure storms and moments of turmoil and chaos in our life where where the, the, the storm just takes over. We don't have any control. We don't have the answer to the situation. A conversation won't fix the storm. A counseling session won't fix the storm, it's just there. It's just present and everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, there's a storm around and you go to bed at night in the middle of the storm, you wake up in the middle of the night feeling like you're not gonna make it. You're, you're just in the midst of a storm and it feels like every wind is against you and the rain and the, and the waves are all, uh, are all against you. But can I tell somebody in this room on this Sunday morning that the storm you are going through is not pushing you further away from the place God called you to, but it's bringing you It's bringing you closer to where God has planned and destined for, oh, I got Bible for it. All things worketh together for the good of them that love him. You can be going through a storm and all hell be going and be opened up in your life. But listen, don't you ever mistake the storm for a deterrent. The storm is propelling you. The storm is moving. Do I have somebody that'll preach with me in the middle of your storm? The storm is pushing you. The storm is working for you. The wind is not against you, but the wind is with you. I want to encourage a saint of God today. I know where you are. I know that the storm has been very real. I know that the storm doesn't seem to have an end to it, but if you'll just hold on and you'll try 
trust the unwavering hand of God. You're going to get where you need to go. You will make it. But you got to trust God. You got to trust God that this is working for your good. I know it don't feel good. I know it's not fun, but it's working for your good. Paul, here Paul is on this boat. He's got a word from God, and that's it. Food's flying off the boat. People, guards are debating whether or not they should take his life. Here Paul is, it's raining, it's cold, it's winter. It's not the ideal time to sail a ship. And here Paul is in the midst of the storm. I, I just see Paul in that boat just, just, just sitting and crinkled up, just wondering, where is God? The way some of you are right now, where's God? I see Paul, I see Paul battling moments of doubt and even fear Wondering if he really heard from God. Wondering if he really, if the words that, that came from the Lord were really him. It's what we do in storms. We question. The disciples did it. The disciples did it when, when Jesus walked up, up to them on the water. They, they thought it was a spirit. And they cried out for fear, the Bible says. Because in storms, we don't see things the way that they really are. I'm going to talk about it for a minute. We see things differently than what they really are. We don't see it. It was Jesus walking on that storm, but, but they thought it was a spirit that come to kill them because when you're in the midst of the storm, anything that comes toward you, you think it's just, against, it's just another thing that's against you. It's another thing that's going to bring hardship. It's another thing that's going to bring pain. You know, we're conditioned after so long of bad to believe for more bad. After so much wrong and so much pain and so much loss, we're conditioned to believe for another thing. But I've come to preach faith to you on this Sunday morning that if you could expect and if you could just flip the script for a moment with me and say, I'm, I'm not believing this isn't doing anything. I believe it's working. I believe it's pushing me. It's propelling me. It's going to work for my good. Come on, would somebody in the midst of hardship stand to your feet and say, I agree with that. Amen to that preacher. I believe what you're saying. Paul ends up on the island of Melita closer than he has ever been to the destination God had called him to go. You are closer than you have ever been. You're closer than you've ever been to seeing God's will come to pass. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. You're closer than you have ever been to seeing God's will come to pass in your life. I don't know where, where it's going to take you. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I do know that I'm closer than I've ever been. I'm closer than I've ever been to seeing him. I'm closer than I've ever been. Oh, this storm's going to run out of rain not too long from now. That song says, that song says, after a while it will all be over. 
After a while, the sun gonna shine. After a while, dark clouds will pass over. And we'll shout hallelujah after a while. Man, I love those old songs. Amen. It says after a while, it's going to be over. Amen. It's going to be over. I'm telling somebody in this room, it's going to be over just after a while. Just hold on. Keep trusting God. Keep believing. Come on, I got some of you with me, but I need everybody with me right now. It's going to be over soon. storm came. The boat drifted for 14 days, took him closer to his destination, and, and he ends up on the island of Melita. And on that island, he swam to the shore, and on that island, Paul, the, the, the people there, started a fire, and Paul was grabbing some sticks. Do we got that box? Easy with that box now. Paul was, Paul was gathering sticks and, and uh, you don't know what kind of church you walked into today. <laughs> and, uh, and this, is that too far? Pastor's gone. Don't say that. Okay. I, uh, Paul puts those sticks on the fire and all of a sudden the Bible says that a, that a viper, a poisonous snake, a poisonous snake jumps out of that fire and latches onto Paul's hand. Hey, hold this for me. Don't, don't move. Careful. Just, just let me do it, Carol. You can have that snake back. Seth paid a lot of money for that. A snake. I saw them a little bigger and a little longer, but, but that's okay. That's all Walmart had to offer, I'm sure. <laughs> this snake latched on to Paul's hand. It wasn't just a snake. It was a venomous snake. Everybody's around. and All these people. Paul's the one that spoke the word. We're all going to live. We're not going to die. And here Paul is with a viper hanging off his hand. <laughs> I'm going to start to question at that moment. <laughs> Paul, see, because the devil knows when to, when to latch on to you. He knows when. Not just, he knows when. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, he knows when to latch on to you. The devil knows when to attack. He's not dumb. He, he attacked. He attacked Jesus. He he. It's no accident he showed up to Jesus after a 40-day fast. It's no accident he shows up to, to Elijah when he's discouraged and sitting under a tree run, wondering, where's God? And it's, no, it's, no, it's no accident that he shows up to, to Judas after, after he sold out, the, sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. It's no, it's no accident that he shows up to Peter in those moments of denial. The devil knows when to attack us.
He knows when to, when to latch on to you. Amen. He knows when to sink his fangs. He, he's not going to attack you when you're drop-kicking snakes, drop-kicking the devil for breakfast. He, he, he knows that now, that's not the time. He knows when your prayer life's good and when, 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 you're, when, you're, when you're doing all of those, those things right and you're not kicking the cat and, and, you're, and you're doing all the good things. He, he knows that that's not the time to latch on to you. But if he can find you in a moment of a storm, if he can find you at a point of your life where there's adversity, he won't attack you in a, in a good moment. He'll, he'll come when you're shipwrecked. He'll come when your flesh is weak. Come on, somebody. He'll, he'll come when you're tired. He'll come when you're wondering, where's God? He'll come when, when, when others around you are ready to mock you and throw stuff at you. He'll come in those moments. Don't be, don't be ignorant of his devices and his methods. You've got to know that in those moments, the devil wants to attack you. He wants to take you out. You don't wrestle against an, uh, against an idiot. You wrestle against somebody that knows uh, what they're doing. And the Bible says that in Acts 28 and 4 that when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea yet Vengeance suffereth not him to live. Instantly, Paul, standing here by the fire with a viper latched onto his hand, venom flowing into his veins, and, not only, as, and as if that wasn't bad enough, now he's sharing the warmth of a fire with people that are talking about him, with people that are making assumptions about who he is and about what he's going through. It's easy. It's easy for other people to come to conclusions about you and about me when we're going through all hell and they see the devil hanging on to us like this. It's easy. Wonder what he did. Oh, he must have he must not be living right. Come on, you know. He he must not he must not have it all together. Well, just it just 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 came to him probably because because that's where he's at. It's easy for people to make assumptions about where you are because of what they see on you. That's why you can't live based on the validation of other people. Because the same people that called him a murderer later called him a god, and you can't believe either. You're not a murderer, and you sure ain't God. We can't take our validation on what other people say, but somewhere deep inside, uh, somewhere deep inside of you, there's got to be a validation that the Lord has brought me here, and if He brought me to this place, uh, He's gonna, He's gonna see me through uh, this place. 
Come on, I'm not living this life based upon what others think or say about me. I'm living this life because I've been called by God. I've been commissioned by God. Other people don't validate me. The Lord validates me. The Lord fights for me. I'm not going to let you let me stay here with venom flowing in my veins, but something got in Paul and something's got to get in us where we don't let that attack stay longer than it's meant to stay. We've got to shake it off into the fire. Come on, I said, you've got to shake it off into the fire. Sometimes you don't have an answer other than a good move of God. You've got to just shake it off into the fire. I said shake off your problem into the fire. You can shake off the enemy that's attached himself to you in the fire. You can shake it off today. Somebody go like this. Paul shook off the devil. He shook off that that snake that was sent to attack her. I believe it was sent. I believe it was sent. I believe it was allowed by God. Can't nothing bite you unless God allows it. Nothing can bite you unless God allows it. Daniel, I'm going to throw you into a lion's den. That's fine. Go ahead. God's either going to deliver me or he's going to shut their mouths. They throw Daniel into the lion's den, hoping that they would latch onto him with their mouth. He gets into that lion's den, stays all night in a comfy hotel and says, thank you, thank you, gentlemen, I'm done. Why? Because if God shuts the mouth, if God brought you to that place, you get bitten only because God, he didn't do it, but he allowed it. The devil can't bite you unless God allows him to bite you. The devil can't attack you unless God, because it's greater than just the bite. You've got to look beyond the bite. There's people around you that need healed. There's people around you that need to see I'm stronger than this affliction that's before me. Ah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Come on, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. What God has sent, amen, is there to make you stronger. You got to endure. Somebody say you got to endure. Brother Geo preaches so powerfully in our 9 a.m. service. You have to endure. You've got to shake off the devil. You've got to shake off the opinions of others. And you've got to say, I'm not going to be distant from the fire. I'm not going to be distant from what's going to kill my enemy. Get me, get me as close as I can get. Get me close to the fire. Get me close to God. One prayer. One prayer can change everything. One prayer can change everything. Why? Because when you're close to God, with God, all things are possible. You can shake off that fire. You can shake off that snake in the fire. Listen, Paul, Paul didn't only shake off a snake there in the fire on the outside, but Paul had venom running through his veins on the inside. It's got to be more than just something you're around. You hear me? 
We ought to be around it. We ought to be near it every time these doors open. We ought to be here. But I don't want it just to be around me. I want it to be like fire shut up in my bones. I want the Holy Ghost to burn within me the things that should not be there. I want what's around me to get in me. The venom, the venom on the inside. See, the devil, be, be seated. We got we to uncover some things here. I just need a few more minutes. Y'all got a few more minutes? That's good. That's good because I wasn't going to stop anyway. Paul, you, you see, the devil, he, don't, he doesn't have vocal cords. He doesn't have vocal cords. He did. I guess at one point, Genesis 2, 3, he's talking. I, I, I can't understand all of it, but he's talking. He's talking to Eve beguiling her, getting her to take of the tree. After that point, there's no voice box. I don't know what happened other than Jesus said, I'll take that. But the devil, he, he, don't, he don't have his own voice. So he uses our voice. That venom that gets in you, it, it, it internalizes, it's in you. And so you think because it's in you, it's from you. You know those thoughts that pop up? Why am I even there in my mind? Why, why, why am I doubting so much? Why is there fear in me? We, we hear these thoughts and we hear this, this stuff and... All of this stuff, it's internal. Why? Because it's venom from, 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 from a devil that latched onto you at some point and you're still dealing with the repercussions of stuff that he planted within you and you wonder why you're dealing with things in your mind. I've come to tell you, it's not you. The enemy is trying to let that venom flow through you and attack your mind. You can't say, you can't own those thoughts. You can't own those things that come to you. God didn't send it there. You didn't even put it there. The the devil has tried to, to deceive you with thoughts in your mind. He's tried to deceive you and tell you it's over. You're not going to survive this bite. You're not going to survive this storm. Your family's going to be lost. He's tried to tell you all these things, but you got to take what's in your mind and say, I think myself happy. I put my mind under subjection. I take a thought. I wish somebody would lay their hand on their mind right now and say, I take authority over my mind. I wish somebody would say to themselves, you will not go that far in your thoughts. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. And I feel victory in this room right now. I'm not going to let my mind go that far. I'm not going to let my mind do what it wants to do and think what it wants to think. You're not a child of God. No, I am a child of God. You're, you're, you're absent from the Lord. No, 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 no. It's working for my good. You're, 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 you're not anything. Oh, I'm a son and a child. Come on, you've got to take authority over your mind. The problem with biting a believer 
is the bite always ends up blessing somebody else. Y'all hear me? The problem with biting somebody that believes is that it always ends up blessing somebody else. Mark 16 and 18 says this. They shall take up serpents. It's almost as if the Lord spoke these words looking at Paul's situation. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Watch. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall. I wonder if the Lord was thinking about Paul when he wrote that. When he said that. He said they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. What did the bite do to bless others? I'll tell you what the bite did. When those people around Paul saw him shake off that beast into the fire, they believed that a God, a supernatural, all-powerful God was with him. And a sick father on that island was very sick unto death. And Paul took that same hand and laid it on that sick man. And healing came to his body. The bite from the enemy elevated Paul's voice to bless somebody else on that island. I would imagine, I would imagine that when Paul, God have mercy, music come. I would imagine that when Paul was writing scripture in prison, I would imagine that Paul was looking down at a scar on that hand he's writing with. That that bite that the enemy sent to destroy him was now (laughs) was now pinning things like I press toward the mark for the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. He told Timothy, he wrote to Timothy with that hand. He said, endure affliction, Timothy. It's gonna come to you. You're gonna have affliction and hardship in your life. But Timothy, endure affliction. Timothy, I I know there's gonna be moments when it's difficult. But Timothy, trust me, I know even as I'm writing now, If you'll endure, God is faithful to see you through it. So devil, you can take your best shot on this Sunday morning. You may be able to bite me, but your bite is not going to do anything but bless somebody else. I'm going to have authority to pray for people that were in the same place, that are in the same place that I used to be in. And they recover and they're better and they're encouraged because of what you've been through. Hear me on this Sunday morning. God is wanting to say to this body, don't, don't mistake your hardship for the absence of God. He's working on your behalf but you got to endure you got to keep going God's got a plan and you got to trust him and that he'll see it through stand to your feet and clap your hands
Paul, staying close to the fire. How do I endure? Listen, I don't care what anybody thinks. If I'm cold, I'm wet, and it's raining, and there's a fire over there, I'm going to go to the fire. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to go get what I need. You you just got to get near the fire today. You've just got to get near. You got to shake it off. You're a believer. Somebody say, I'm a believer. You're a believer. You're a believer. You have authority over the devil. That that rod that turned into a serpent, Moses had it. That rod that turned into a snake, what did Moses do? He, He picked that joker up. Turned back into a rod. I'm glad we don't do that anymore, praise God. But what was the Bible telling us? Bible was telling us that you've got authority over the devil. You've got authority over the adversity in your life. Doesn't mean it's going to go away. Doesn't mean adversity in the storm is going to stop. Sometimes it rains on the just and the unjust. You've got authority. You just got to believe again. You just got to believe. You got to believe the report of the Lord. What's come against you is not going to kill you. What's come against you is going to make you stronger. And the stuff and the junk and the mess that's come against this church is not going to stop the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The mess that's come against this church, it's not because, it's not because God's absent. It's because there's some things working in on us. It's because God is trying to draw us to an altar again. It's because God is trying to rekindle a fire that is that has fell dormant in our lives. He's trying to rekindle a fire in us again. Come on, let's let the storm accomplish what it's meant to accomplish. I'm gonna get the fire in my life. I'm gonna get near the fire. Lift your hands with me, I'm done. Lord, I pray right now for these precious people. I know you have spoken to me today. And I pray, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, for every attack that has come against them, for every moment, God, of this storm that they are within even now, I pray, oh Lord, that you would give them clarity. Give them clarity in the midst of what is in front of them. I pray that they would see clearly, God, that you are working on their behalf. God, that you are moving on their behalf. God, I know you're fighting for us. Touch these people today in the name of Jesus. Come on, these altars are open today. You don't have to come if you don't want to, but if you if you come on, and there's somebody in this room saying, "I've been bitten, but I'm not going to let it linger. 
I'm not going to let it hang out. I'm not going to let that venom course through my veins longer than it needs to. Come on, I'm going to shake it off in the fire today. I'm going to get authority over my mind.